Um, I think as I get older, I learn to um, realize it's okay to kind of make fun of yourself a little bit and do do silly stuff, even if you're not good at it. Um, I think it's something that um, we all just need to like get over ourselves a little bit and just have some fun and realize you don't have to be perfect, you know? Hi, friends, and welcome to All Things Relatable, a place where stories are shared. It's hard to put a value on a story because the lasting effects it can have are often priceless. An individual's story has the potential to impact our lives in tremendous ways. My hope for you in joining me today is that this episode resonates with you and that you leave enlightened, ignited, and inspired because it only takes one moment to spark a change and leave an everlasting effect. I'm so excited for today's guest. Today, I get to hang with Nathan Salter and talk all things relationships. When does a girl get to sit down and pick a man's brain about relationships? Never. He says he's an open book and I've got a pile of questions for him. So girls, sit back, relax, and take in all the tidbits about relationships from a man's perspective. Thanks for being here, Nathan. I'm so excited to have you. Great. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited for, uh, you know, to be here as well. Awesome. Yes. All of the women out there, I'm sure are going to thank you for the advice that you're going to share and yeah, everything you have to tell us about relationships and how that looks in your life. But before we talk all things relationships, um, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? What was your upbringing like? And how did you end up where you're at today? So um, I grew up in Conway, Arkansas, where Christina and I live currently. Um, I'm the oldest of four, so I have three younger brothers. Um, Conway High School, University of Arkansas, I would say kind of the typical, you know, what do you do when you're, you know, live in Arkansas? You aspire to go to the University of Arkansas, and so I did that for three years. Um, moved home, um, took a year at University of Central Arkansas, have a degree in business management, um, I am a plumber by trade, so um, I'm a, you know, work with my hands kind of guy, um, and that's evolved into construction. So now I'm currently the president of my family's construction business. Um, Christine and I live in Conway. Um, she's originally from Canada. I met her when she was playing golf at UCA, so she's a few years younger than I am, but went to school, um, college a little later in life, but we met while she was in school. And dated for eight or nine years and have been married almost 10 years now. Wow. Okay. So I want to just pause for a second and uh, go back a little bit. So you weren't always into plumbing and construction before you got into that, you were going into med school. Correct. So when, um, you know, I would, I would hate to say typical, but I would, I think probably typical, um, most parents want better for their children. So, you know, in my parents' mind, being a plumber or a construction worker was, um, you know, not the kind of job that, that they wanted their, their kids to have. And so, um, I was kind of always pushed to do something besides what my family did and to quote, you know, do something better. Um, I always enjoyed chemistry and biology. Um, I actually interned with a doctor. Uh, for several years when I was in college, so I was pre-med um, at the University of Arkansas with a major in biology and um, actually had my, my uncle was a really close friend of mine. Um, his best friend was his doctor with whom that's who I interned with uh, while I was in uh, college. And my uncle passed away at 39 years old, unexpectedly got sick and like two and a half, three days later, 
uh, passed away. And I just realized that that was not um, not something that I felt like I could really deal with once I saw, you know, how that affected his um, uh, his best friend. And, and that was kind of the career path I was going down. And I really thought a lot about, you know, what would that look like if, you know, I was taking care of one of my best friends and, uh, you know, and I, I couldn't help them. I couldn't save them. So, I mean, it was, you know, not a snap decision, but uh, I finished my semester at the University of Arkansas and and sat down with my family and said, hey, you know, I really think I want to get back into the family business. My uncle was running the uh, plumbing business that my grandfather started at the time. And so I, I came home and took uh, night classes or early morning classes, worked 40 plus hours a week and and went to college. Um, you know, for another year plus some summer, because uh, my dad really wanted me to make sure I finished, you know, my degree. I was the first person in my family to go to college and to get a college degree. So that was important um, to my family. And I'm really glad that I did it. Now I really thought about um, not finishing, you know, because I was like, I'm just going to go to work. So what kind of what's the point? Um, but I'm, I'm really glad and would always encourage anybody to do it. I don't think college um, is as important these days as I think a lot of parents put such emphasis on it, but I do think that it's important. I'm glad I did it. Right. I know probably just for even the experience, all the lessons that you learned going through and figuring out what you maybe didn't want to kind of Um, push you. I would say the best thing that I got out out of my college experience was relationships Um, because going to college and especially going to the University of Arkansas and getting out of Conway and meeting people from, you know, other states and from other towns. that's probably been, that was probably the best part um, was really the relationships um, that I've made and, and the contacts that I still have today for, you know, friendships, also for business purposes. Um, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I gained from from going to college, honestly. Nice. And that, is that where you met Christina? So I met Christina, I was actually out of school. I had already graduated, uh, but Christina was um, playing golf uh, on scholarship and was going to school at the University of Central Arkansas here in Conway. Um, She's originally from uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Um, went to school. I think she was out of of high school three or four years. Um, Both of her brothers played college golf at UCA. Um, And so she came with her, her brother, Ryan, came at the same time he was on scholarship and then they... I ended up recruiting her. She was a really good, good player in Canada. And um, so she came as well. So we met through some friend, a friend of mine who had a landscaping company um, and did some work for my company here in Conway. His wife was also on the golf team and we were all kind of friends. So I met Christina through, uh, through them, through a friend of mine's wife. Okay. So what was your first impression of Christina? Well, I mean, I, let's call it lust at first sight, probably not love at first sight. <laughs> So, I mean, if someone doesn't know Christina, she's a very beautiful, tall, um, blonde, and she can, um, you know, she catches everybody's eye when she enters the room and she handles herself very well. She's a uh, a very confident, um, very attractive woman. So I would say, um, you know, honestly, I, we were at a bar and I saw her come across the room um, and she caught my eye and that, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even know that she knew um you know, the friend, the friends at the time, um, until after, you know, I introduced myself, met her at the ball, realized who she was with. Um, and then she likes to say that I heavily pursued her ever <laughs> after that. Um, I've heard that story. Yeah. 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 That's what every woman says. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the other way around then or mutual. Well, you know, I've got my side of the story. 
You know, I like to always say the truth somewhere in the middle. How about that? Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. So you met her when she was down in Arkansas. Um, how did you, yeah. How did your relationship kind of start and evolve? And you've been together now 17, 18 years, long time. Yeah. A long time. time. So what was it like in the beginning? I would say probably a, just a normal, I don't know, dating relationship at the time, I guess. Um, you know, we we hung out um, with friends kind of as a group. I mean, I would say like typical, you know, hung out as, with, with friends kind of as a group. And then um, she loves, I won't get it right, so I won't try to tell the story. But she makes this joke about how I was like, I asked her, um, you know, would, how about you and I just hanging out sometime or something along those lines, kind of a roundabout date. Like, will you go out with me? But not exactly that. Like, can we just hang out the two of us versus we we're always going to someone's house that there was, you know, 10 or 15 people. It was kind of like the go-to hangout party house, I guess, that everybody went to then. Right. When you first met, were you intimidated by her like confidence or the way that she held herself or were you kind of matched in that area? Um, I would say that I was attracted to that. Um, you know, it's funny. People ask me that about her all the time and I just, I don't really see her that way. Um, I don't know if it's because we've known each other for so long or I don't really know why, but, um, I've always been attracted to, that's an attractive feature to me as a confident woman to some extent, you know, I mean, I think some women can be over the top with that and be really controlling or demanding, um, whatever you want to say, but Christina, at least in our relationship, she's not that way. Um, but she is definitely, uh, you know, a confident, confident female, which is, is attractive to me. Right. I know. I hear that from a lot of men that, yeah, confidence is so attractive, but at the same time, then there are, it just seems like maybe it's a, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe like a fear in a relationship, it, would you say so? Like some men are afraid of the confidence maybe that their partner has if they're not kind of in the same space. You know, it's a little, it's a hard to say. And I think it it's kind of a relationship to relationship and it depends on the, the person. Um, I think sometimes you can let, I see men let uh, like be jealous almost if they're you know, say their wife and it can go both ways. You know, I think it can be from a, from a female standpoint to a husband, if one, one or the other person in a relationship, say they, they get more attention or maybe they, they're more successful or they make more money or, or whatever the quote, you know, competition is, or the bar that's trying to be set or the goal that's trying to be achieved. Um, you know, some people in their relationship see that like as a negative, um, or, um, you know, you're taking something away from the other person. So Christina, I talk a lot about, you know, you always, and we struggle with it. Um, you always got to let a man be a man, like whatever that means, a man always, you, you got to let him be a man and you can't take certain things away from him and not allow a man to, to feel needed. Um, so in, from what I know, or from what I see in other relationships, um, and even in ours, we do struggle with it. Like we have conversations about, uh, Christina, you, you need to leave this one alone or you need to let me take care of this or those those kinds of conversations do have. But we do have. So that that's what I would say. I think it's different. I think it can be jealousy um, or I think it can be one person not being supportive of the other person. Um, and, and most of the time, it's just not good communication, honestly. 
Right. You guys are at a point where your communication is on point. Like the last time I saw you talk together, you talked about, yeah, how that's kind of a strength in your relationship, the communication. Were you... How did that oh, evolve and how did you get there? <laughs> it was a uh, therapy. <laughs> Thera- yes, please. Mar- marriage counseling. I mean, it really, I mean, it started um, and we talked about this um, the other night and I, I don't remember how long ago it's been, maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, and I do, I have lunch probably once a month with the, uh, he was a pastor at the time. He's kind of retired now. Um, and we, he actually, our pastor at New Life Church is actually the one that connected us because we were in a really, really bad spot. I mean, it was like some, something's got to change. We have to do something. Um, and I do think as a couple, we're pretty good about taking action. And so it was almost immediately, this is really bad. We need to do something. Um, I think I did, or Chris, one of us, or we, I think we were together. We reached out to our pastor. He recommended a marriage counselor to us. And and we like within a couple of days, we kind of dove into it. Um, so no, it, we do, we, it may seem that way today. You know, it's like one of those things though, how'd you get successful and no one ever sees all the hard shit that you did before you got there yeah. um, our relationships the same way. It definitely uh, was not always that way. We've been working on it intentionally for seven years and we, we still work on it today. It's definitely not perfect for sure. Do you think that an outside perspective like that, like that you needed somebody yes. other than yeah, yes. books or podcasts yourself to yes. kind of, yeah. Absolutely. I think you need that consistently, whether it's you on a personal level with, you know, a coach. I mean, think about it like a, a personal trainer, right? I mean, most people, if you really want to get in shape, you've got somebody on the outside that's, that's helping you with that. Um, and anytime you have, you know, conflict in any type of situation, bringing in a, let's call it a mediator to some extent that's got more experience and can really you know, take a, a step or two back and, and kind of digest what's going on and then give you feedback. Um, absolutely. Um, I think when we first did it, I was a little, I said, I hate to say, I was embarrassed. I mean, it was a little bit embarrassing to have to do that. And it wasn't something that, you know, even up until a few years ago, I would probably never share that. I wouldn't necessarily want someone to, to know that. And I've changed my mindset about it as well. And I tell a lot of people, you know, I, I have a lot of employees that I try to um, mentor to some extent. And I've talked to them about, you know, marriage counseling and marriage problems and what's going on. And I always recommend either use the use the guy that I, that we used or, fi- you know, find somebody or I'll help you find somebody. But, um, yeah, definitely a third party and, and getting helping you get on the same page and help kind of. Uh, filter through um, all the bullshit and really help you get to the root of the problem Um, because it's not easy to do when it's just two people that you know if you're going to counseling you're not in a good spot you're not communicating things aren't going right and to say that you can I'm not saying you can't work it out but I know at least from our experience um, taking that intentional time and meeting with someone to help us through that definitely sped the process up for sure I'm not saying we wouldn't have worked it out I don't know Um, I would hope to think that we would have, but it definitely made it faster. Right. Yeah. Just like having a coach. Yeah. Speeds up the momentum, gets you back on track, gets you on the right page, the same page to, to move forward. I think a lot of couples struggle in that, that like you said, maybe being embarrassed or being approached about it, approaching your partner that maybe it's not received well, but you know, from a place of love or wanting to reconnect or 
get on the right page and and grow together. I think a lot of maybe couples or maybe men even, it's kind of a scary thing in the relationship going to therapy or needing that. Yeah. I mean, you're, like I said, it's all, it's embarrassing. It's like, um, I'm not good enough. I can't figure it out. I mean, I'm just going through all the things, you know, seven years ago that went through my head, but, um, I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to, to, I hate to say save my marriage. Cause it, I don't think we were like at that necessarily at that point, but, um, you know, if you really want to, if you really want to fix that relationship, if you really want to make it right and, and, and get past whatever it is that you're going through, you're going to have to do something hard. You're going to have to, you know, get your ego out of the damn way and, <laughs> and connect with your partner and figure it out. It's not going to fix itself. And going to the other end of the house and not speaking to one another, which is what we did a lot, was, you know, nice a, a nice yelling, screaming argument and then not speak for a couple of days or at least for the rest of the evening. That's not ever going to fix anything. Mm, yes, 100%. I would rather scream it out and get it over with. Um, not that that happens a lot around here. My husband's kind of the other way with the silent treatment that just kills me. I'm like, let's just figure, yeah, whatever it is, let's just figure it out and carry on. Because I mean, the stories you tell yourself in that time when you're not talking um, or when you just don't communicate and, and move forward, it's like you can dig yourself deeper just in the internal dialogue that's going on when you're not communicating yeah. What's going on in your head is usually way worse than what, what reality is. Um, <laughs> yeah. On that, I'll, I'll say on the part about the yelling and screaming, and I can just go from our relationship to Christine and I were raised very, very differently. I'm from the South. My, my family, my mom specifically is the quintessential, you know, um, Southern woman. Um, you don't talk about problems. You don't fight. You don't argue. You sweep everything up under the rug. I mean, very, very opposite of the way in which Christina and her family were brought up and raised because it was shocking to me because they did yell it out a lot and they did raise their voice and they would scream at one another. So, I mean, it was two opposite ends of the spectrum when it came to, you know, as a couple, how did we deal with conflict? Um, so that that probably made it uh, right for sure made it even even harder. Like, how do you resolve those um, arguments or how do you resolve those differences as a couple when, you know, at, you know, at the time we're still, you know, pretty young. I mean, hadn't really been, you know, Christina hadn't been in a lot of relationships. Um, I had never been in a relationship like, like the one that we were in. Neither one of us had been married before. So, you know, definitely a different situation, especially when you had two completely different uh, ways in which you dealt with conflict. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to know in your relationship or going into a relationship, what are some of your non-negotiables? Rephrase the question, please. <laughs> non-negotiable as in what? Like something that, um, that you're not willing to even work with or go or get into. So for example, um, like an easy one. Okay. Non-negotiable. I won't be with somebody who, who smokes cigarettes. Uh, I won't. Gotcha. Yeah, where there's no bending room. Are are there any non-negotiables like in a relationship with you? Don't cheat on me. Don't 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 lie to me. Um, that's probably the main stuff. Like I don't I don't really think that there are a, a, a ton of non-negotiables. That's easy to say now because I've been with the same person for so long. So I guess maybe maybe seventeen or eighteen years ago when I was in the uh, 
you know, I'm, you know, looking for or dating or whatever, maybe I had more of those things now, but, um, I would say that's the, you know, that, um, I like to have, I, I, I like that Christine and I have fun together. Um, so, you know, I think that's a big part of the relationship, um, is just being able to enjoy one another. I, I consistently say that she's my best friend. So I think that, um, to have a successful long-term relationship, you know, um, let's be honest, <laughs> looks are going to go all, all those things that were so important when you were younger, that shit's going to fade away. Like to some extent it's going to go away. So I would say at the end of the day, I've been very blessed that I found somebody that not only am I attracted to and that I love very much and I care about and I respect, but she's also like, she's my best friend. We enjoy doing things together. So probably a non-negotiable is you got to have things in common outside just physical attraction. Um, you got to be able to communicate. You got to like it, at least like some of the same stuff um, or, or it's going to be probably difficult for a very long-term relationship. If you are so far apart on, you know, your values or what you enjoy doing or what you find fun, those kinds of things. Um, I think it would be really difficult to have a successful long-term relationship if, if you just didn't enjoy, you just got to enjoy being with the person. Yeah. Cause does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah. So true. So what are some of the fun things that you and Christina like to do together? Oh gosh. Um, so we both really like to gamble. Um, so we like going to the horse races and we go to the casino. Uh, we both really like getting outside. So we like to ride bikes and go hiking, um, golf. So I'm, I'm not a quote golf her, golfer like she is. I'm not, I'm not good, but I've learned to, uh, to really enjoy the game. We're actually going to go play this afternoon together. Um, so we enjoy that. Um, and I know a lot, it's, it's funny because most of my friends are like, why do you play, you know, that that's supposed to be going with your buddies and that's supposed to be, you know, hanging out with the guys and drinking beer and all that stuff. I mean, we, it's something we enjoy doing together. Um, so I'll, we like to do that. Um, she has, you know, if it wasn't for her, I probably would ra- rarely live, leave the state of Arkansas. Um, but she's traveled the world before we got together and I really, really enjoy traveling now. So, um, once, once, uh, once the world open back, opens back up, uh, our hope is that we can continue seeing the world together. Nice. I love that. I saw a while back that she'd posted on her stories that she bought pairs of rollerblades and you two are oh. out <laughs> rollerblading down the yes. streets Did of Arkansas. See, Did you see my reel? Uh, I didn't see her real. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, that was hilarious. So Actually, I, she wants to go tomorrow. She wants to go rollerblading tomorrow. She's really good at it and did it when she was young. And I look like a, you know, a four or five year old kid trying to learn how to ride a bicycle. It's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> tell her, tell her to take a video and post it today. Give us all a laugh. Oh yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It seems like that though in your relationship from what I've seen of the two of you what she's kind of posted that you are kind of up for anything and kind of yeah you two connect and do so many different things together is there anything that is kind of like out of that you wouldn't try or are you kind of just you know I will I mean sometimes I'm apprehensive about it and uh you know the little competitive edge comes out and she knows how to provoke me a little bit just like the whole rollerblade I was like I'm not doing I'm not doing that I don't want to do that and so she ordered all the stuff and it came in and you know I just kind of got pulled into doing it and I was not happy I mean 
I'm sure she has videos that like the very first time I tried, I was not happy. <laughs> it was not fun. I was not enjoying it. Um, but you know, but I, I still do it. I still do it. It's still fun. And I, I've, um, I think as I get older, I learn to um, realize it's okay to kind of make fun of yourself a little bit and do, do silly stuff, even if you're not good at it. Um, I think it's something that um, we all just need to like get over ourselves a little bit and just have some fun and realize you don't have to be perfect, you know? Yeah, I love that. I think in a relationship too, uh, sometimes people get so serious or embarrassed or can't be silly. And yeah, when you like tap into your inner child and, you know, dance in the kitchen or go rollerblading or I don't know, skip rocks and all, all the things that you did as a child, it just brings out so much joy into an, a relationship. A lot of relationships, I think people, yeah, put on maybe a perfect persona or maybe are, are that way around their friends when they let loose, but then around their partner, they kind of tighten up or, or don't, yeah, get into the fun and the, the silliness. Right. Um, okay. So you've been together for 17 years. So obviously you've both grown and changed and you're, you're different people than you were 17 years ago. So did you two kind of grow at the same rate in the same time, or did you each have your different seasons where one person was really growing and the other person was just kind of standing still or, or was it pretty, uh, in tune together? Um, definitely not in tune together. Um, so when we were doing the marriage counseling and dealing with some of those things, um, Christina was in personally was just in a really bad spot. Um, she, uh, had a, an eating disorder and was really negative about herself and consistently, um, you know, she still today when she looks at herself or looks in the mirror, she doesn't, she doesn't seem, see the same person that everyone else sees. So she was in a really low spot. I mean, I, um, had lunch with the with the or the guy that was our marriage counselor, you know, seven years ago, and he made the comment. And he was asking how Christina was and what was going on. And he said, you know, I see her post and I see what, you know, what she's putting on social media. And he's like, I just shake my head. Like, he was like, who who is this person? Where did this person come from? So, you know, if there was any dramatic changes over the last seven years or so, it, it's definitely been from Christina and the way in which she has changed. I mean, she's a a different person. She um, definitely gave that out, you know, exterior, um, view that people had was how confident that she was and how she handled herself on the golf course and how she can work a room and really talk to people and connect people. But on the inside or at home, she wasn't that same person. Um, so I would definitely say it, it started with her and, and she, you know, grew and was investing in herself and was, you know, getting coaches and reading books and, um, you know, I was probably just being myself. I, I encouraged her to do those things and, and really was happy to see those changes and it helped our relationship and it was helping her. And I would say along the way, she encouraged me by saying, Hey, I've read this book, you know, you might want to read this book or, you know, listen to this podcast. So it was, um, actually probably, you know, me, you know, me, me, then her kind of catching up to me, I guess. Um, that's probably not the best way to say it, but in, in general, you know, getting to a good spot and then she continued to work on herself. And I would say really surpassed where I probably was as a, you know, as an individual and as a person and what I was doing to better myself. Um, and then she, you know, tactfully helped bring me along. Um, you know, I, I don't do as much work on myself as, as she does still today. 
but I definitely do work on myself and, and know that I'm in a better spot and our relationships better because of that. So what are some of the things that you do for your self-development? Um, you know, like first thing in the morning. So I usually get up a little at like 4.15 almost every morning. Um, you know, I'm, I'm to the gym by five almost every day. I work out with a trainer three or four days a week or try to get some type of cardio in in the mornings. Um, we always try to do some type of exercise on the weekend. So um, I'm a um, I'm an angry person. <laughs> like like I, it, that's what people say. I'm not really an angry person. I'm a very focused person, and I work really hard, and I work a lot of hours, and I wear many many different hats um, in all the different businesses that I'm involved in. So you know, getting a workout in really helps my stress levels um, throughout the day. And then I can tell the difference with how I interact with other people and my employees and those things. So, you know, physically, it helps me to physically work out to mentally get my head in the right spot. Um, I try to take, you know, 10 minutes in the mornings. Uh, I have a, I can't think of the name of it. It's like a daily devotional. So it has a couple of paragraphs that kind of interpret uh, scripture and then it has a couple of scriptures in it. So. I try to read that a minimum of three times, just take my time, read through it, try to grasp it, understand it, um, you know, in that with prayer. And then um, probably a year or so ago, and I say it's my gratitude book, Christina always do this thing where it's like, so five things, like if we're on a walk, she's like five things, five things that, what, what are you thankful for? Um, I read a lot of books that are like, you know, be, if you start your day off with, positive thoughts and being, being thankful for something, how it can really change your mindset and your uh, attitude throughout the day. So it's just a little small, you know, um, notebook. Um, and I try to write down a minimum of, of five things. Sometimes it's the same things. Um, sometimes it's not. Sometimes I'm thankful for something specific. Um, she calls it, I think, manif manifesting. So sometimes I write things down that I am thankful for, even though, that they, ha even though they haven't happened yet. Um, and it's been pretty cool over the last couple of years, how many things I've written down that way over and over again, and they actually do happen, which I always kind of thought was a crock, but it, it is work. Um, so, you know, just working out in the morning and taking that intentional kind of quiet time to do those things. Um, and then I read a lot. I'm a pretty avid reader now, which I used to not be. So I'm consistently reading some type of a book to, to help me with whatever I'm struggling with. Um, my, Sea level uh, folks with our construction business challenged me. They said, you know, in order for our business to grow, Nathan, you've got to get over perfection. So I'm really a perfectionist. Um, and so there's this principle of, you know, progress over perfection. Um, and it's something that I struggle with. And so our business consultant actually gave me a book called, it's called Finish um, that I'm reading right now. So when something comes up in my life or in my business or work, you know, if, if it's a problem, I've learned to just, hit them head on and try and learn how to work through it or how to get better. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I definitely have a book for you too, about leadership and all the things that I've read. I'm going to have to send your way a Brene right. Brown. That is phenomenal. Um, so since you started that and seeing the different changes in your life, do you think, um, yeah, the consistency of doing it, do you fall off the track sometimes, or is this something that you are making sure to put into your day so that you can kind of set things in the right tone and grow and move forward? Um, you know, I think we all fall off the track. Um, 
sometimes, but I've been doing it long enough now where I don't stay off the track. So mm -hmm. I mean, if I go back and look, I can tell sometimes for whatever reason, if something's come up and, you know, I've had to be to work earlier than normal or something happens and I'm running late or I got to deal with something. So, you know, sometimes I don't always get in my morning workout. That's always my intent, um, yeah. but I, it doesn't always happen. So, I mean, yes, I get off track sometimes. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm perfect and I'm not going to say that I'm, you know, every single day I do what I'm supposed to do. Um, but I, I do know the importance and, you know, if I miss, I may miss a day or two, but I'm going to get back on track. Nice. Okay. My next question is, do you know what your wife's love languages and do you know yours so i i hope i get the terms right but yes <laughs> hers is whatever time is so quality her, time yeah quality time so that is like absolutely her favorite thing um so anytime i and and it's funny because i tell her you know we it's important to her in my mind it's important to her because that's the hardest thing for her to get from me because I am so busy and I work so much and I'm, I'm gone a lot. I mean, I leave, you know, at seven, you know, go to the gym, get back, get ready before seven o'clock I'm gone. And the majority of the time I don't get home from work until seven o'clock. So, you know, we eat dinner, we get up early. So it's, there's not a lot of time between when I get home from work and, and uh, when we go to bed. So hers is definitely quality time. Um, she'll, she would say, you know, when he, she would rather have me call her randomly and go to lunch than me buy her anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I but can totally me, relate. But for me, it would be a lot easier if she would just be happy for me to buy her something because it would be easier on me. I, yeah, I mean, honestly, and I think that's why it probably doesn't mean as much because it, it's it's we're not making any kind of a sacrifice for the other person. Right. So I'm sure it means more to her because when, when I am taking intentional time or doing something different to spend quality time with her, um, it's not easy for me. Right. It's not, it, mm -hmm. it means I am going out of my way to do something versus just writing a check. A hundred percent. Okay. I want to ask you a question here because you said it a couple times, your, um, career takes, so much of your time. You are dedicated to the business. You have a perfectionist uh, personality in that. So that eats up so much of your time. Is that something that you are eventually wanting to put less time in and have more time at home or doing other things? Or is that something that you are passionate about and you thrive in that, that that's just the way that you love to live and, and want to continue? So that is definitely something that I'm working working on in the business. So um, I've had a business consultant working with us for almost two years now. Um, I'm going through working with a book if some business people that um, would know called Traction. Um, I actually got that book through some of Christina's contacts. She had bought it and was at the house and our business consultant men mentioned it and it really is trying to help lay out more structure within a business so that as a, you know, a business owner or, or a president of a business that you can um, really break up duties um, for your employees. So we've hired some people and elevated some people. And, you know, yes, my, my hope is, is that over time I can take more time. I do take more time now, Christine and I take more vacations and, and do things 
a little differently than we did a few years ago. But uh, yeah, ultimately, that's my goal is to be able to step away from it a little bit. But honestly, I, I love what I do. And probably when I step away from one thing, I pick up another thing. Uh, you know, I'll take on and you know, I get one project finished and I think, wow, that's great. We're done. This is this or this. And but I got three other things over here we're going to pick up and do. So um, I think just learning to be to be happy with it, just to not be such a perfectionist where I again, I say angry. I'm not really angry. I'm just I'm, I'm focused and that's how I get things done. Um, right. But yeah, um, my goal would be to be able to take take a little more time and, and step away from the business a little bit and um, not be a perfectionist and let my people do what they need to do. Um, and that's that's my Honestly, I've got good people and they know what to do. I just got to learn to let them do that. Right. Love that. Okay. So Christina's love language is quality time. What is your love uh, language? Words, what is, uh, words of affirmation. Is that yeah. the right? Is that the right thing? Yeah. yeah. So um, I come the, again, my, my family, Southern family, pretty hard nose. My father is um, a perfectionist as well. So you know, I was raised in a manner in which you are rarely told you did a good job. You are typically told you did this wrong. You did that wrong. Um, and I'm sure it's how he was raised. I'm not saying that to be negative about my my parents or my family and always tell her I, I have these conversations. I never want anyone to think I had some horrible, you know, childhood or anything because I didn't. That's just how that's just how it was. That was what how things were done in my family i mean my grandfather was the same way i worked with him um, when i was growing up and and rarely did he give positive comments it was just always yeah you you did the job but you should do this you should do that um so that's why i mean i know that's why so when she when she takes time to compliment me on something or recognize something that i've done um that that's loving to me probably probably because I didn't get a lot of that as I grew up. And as a business owner, and when you're when you're at the top and you're the one responsible for everything, I mean, let's be honest, you don't have a lot of people that work for you that are coming to you saying, thank, thank you, boss, you did a really good job, right? It's your job as the boss to um, bring all your people up is typically how it works. Right. Did it take you to a lot of time to figure out your love languages or did you figure that out? early on in your relationship? We did a, and I don't remember when, we did a, a class through um, some people from church that we worked through that with several, several years ago. Um, I don't, is that a book? Is that right? I don't really remember the details. Uh, there is a book, but I think you can do like a quick online quiz just to kind of figure out right. what. Yeah, we did. Uh, and I, we've done that too as well, like recently, but several years ago, it was like a six or eight week thing. And we met, you know, once a week in the evenings with the with some other couples from church. And we went through like a whole book where we talked about it and learned about it and that kind of thing. So do you feel more loved and appreciated since uh, kind of pinpointing your love languages? Um. I would say yes, just because, you know, and we talk about it. I mean, it's like anything else when you know it and understand it and realize it and are OK with it, you typically are more intentional about doing it. So I think, yeah, once you once you learn it, and know it and understand it, you, it's easier to take a little time to make sure that you do those things for for your partner. Right. I know I'm just thinking to to my relationship and the love languages 
And I think if you're not, you don't really know what the person wants. Sometimes you're giving your love language to them or you're bending over backwards doing acts of service or, or giving the words of affirmation. But if it's not theirs, there can be a total disconnect because you feel like you're doing all the things, but they're feeling unappreciated and unloved because it's not their language. So it just, yeah, when you get to that point, when you can figure it out, it just, I don't know, could add more happy or joy or, right. I don't know. So, so I'll be honest, um, Christina still tells me all the time, well, we'll say something about buying her something or giving her something or a gift or whatever. I still, I still do it. I still say it because it still doesn't completely register with me about how in the world can you not want whatever that is? And you'll be like, how about you just take me to lunch this week? You know? So, um, it, yeah, it's good that we know it and, and that you try to do it, but we consistently remind each other about it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's so funny. Um, yeah. And you can still do all the other things too, or whatever works for you, but yeah. Definitely. That's need the little reminder. Okay. I want to know what are some of your secrets for a happy marriage? How do you keep the spark alive? I know you said friendship earlier was important. Is there anything else that stands out? Um, you know, communication, forgiveness, um, laughing, um, you know, just ha just having fun. I mean, we're, we're both pretty good at knowing when the other person's in a you know, in a bad spot or not, what is she, um, not in high vibration, I think is what she usually says. So, you know, recognizing that with your partner and trying to do something to, you know, make them laugh or, you know, sometimes in the morning, if I know she's not having a great time, I just take a couple of minutes in the morning and we'll cuddle or, um, you know, say a prayer together. You know, a lot of times when she's having a, a rough day, I'll text message a prayer to her just to know that, I'm thinking about her and that I love her and that I care about her. Um, you know, those types of things relationally over time, it's, it's a lot of times just those, those little things um, to help pick your partner up when you know that maybe they're having a bad day or a week or, or whatever. Um, and just unconditionally loving that person, no matter what's going on, no matter what they've done. I know that gets us through a lot. Um, these days is even when you have an argument or a fight or, or shit's not going right, just remember, Hey, I, I'm, I'm, this is what I signed up for. And I love this person. And this is why I love this person. And this is why I need to support them. Um, I, I think that that that's what it is. You know, a, da a, a date night that helps, uh, and, you know, a walk, um, just a, a lot of little things. I think once you've been together and I hate it seems so weird to say that, but I mean, we've been together a long time. And so what keeps us going is really just the little things I think today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that you brought up to the, the unconditional love and you signed up for it. So it's so easy to leave today. So easy just to pack up, walk away, throw in the towel. So yeah, like you say, when you love someone in unconditionally, you can forgive, you can yeah, be there and support them. You've signed up. You, it's hard work on some of those days, but when you are committed and you go to the therapy and you communicate with each other and you figure things out, yeah, I think that's definitely one of the secrets today because it's just so much easier just to leave than to stay. Yeah, and uh, when you when you get it right in your head that that's not a choice. 
Everything else is a choice, right? Mm-hmm. When you say, I love this person unconditionally, there is leaving is not an option at all. There's that's not an option. Well, then there's lots of other options. There's lots of other ways to figure things out. That's so true. That's so powerful. When you set that up, then yeah, the rest is just the other choices. What are you going to do to make right. it work? Um, what's what has been the greatest blessing that Christina has brought into your life and into your relationship? And what do you think she would say? was the greatest blessing that you brought into the relationship or her life? Oh, wow. That's a hard one. Um, I think, I think support. I think probably for both of us, we are like, even when she was playing golf, like I just always told her over and over, I'm your biggest fan. No matter what happens, I am your biggest fan. I am going to support you. I'm going to be behind you. Win, lose, whatever you do, whatever you decide to do. I'm your biggest fan and I'm going to support you. Um, I think she would say that about me and I would say the same thing about her. I've gone through some, I've made some bad decisions. I'm a business owner and uh, I'm an entrepreneur and I am one heck of a risk taker. I mean, I put it on the line over and over and over and over again. And I've made some very, very poor decisions and lost, you know, multiple six figures doing some stuff. And, uh, you know, I think on average I'm doing okay now, but um, I take a lot of risk and she supports me. She doesn't always agree. Um, you know, she would like to uh, take all the money and, you know, stuff it in the mattress and not do anything with it. But uh, that that's not how I operate. So, you know, she's always supported me with my business decisions. And, uh, you know, from a, per- from a personal level, she's the, she's the person I can count on that always, always has my back. So, um I would definitely say for one another or we're, we're, we're each other's biggest fan. How about that? Love that. Um, so you two came from two completely different upbringings. So is there anything from your upbringing that you brought to the relationship or anything that you changed or wanted different in your relationship from what you kind of saw as a, as a child growing up? So, yeah, I think a lot of that goes back to the communication and what we talked about earlier, um, you know, her, her family and her upbringing, there was, there's, there was a lot of conflict and there was a lot of, you know, arguing and yelling and, and uh, just way, way different. And I, I'm not like that. Like I can't turn it off. So if I, if we had a big, like yelling, screaming argument, I'm going to be pissed for a while. Um, I, I can't just get over it. That's just not, that's not how I, it's not how I'm wired. Um, so, you know, me not, me not growing up that way. And, and that was something I pretty much put my foot down. Like, I'm not going to live like this. We're not going to do this. I can't do it. I physically and mentally can't deal with that because I can't turn it off. So we could have an argument like that and she could be done. She could do her, you know, we could yell, we could do all those things. And then she could just flip it off and be like, it never happened. And I'd still be pissed for like a couple of days sometimes. Um, so as far as what I brought into the, to the relationship, I would say the really the, the difference in the way in which we have to work through problems or conflict. Mm. What has she brought like from a relationship level? Um, Maybe just even like from watching her parents, is there anything 
that her parents had in their relationship that she really admired or looked up to that she wanted to bring into your relationship? You know, I'll honestly say we 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 both have brought to our relationship from our parents what we don't want to do. I mean, on, I mean, that's the that's honestly the truth. <laughs> we, both, we both took away from our parents what what we what we don't want in our relationship and what we wouldn't want to do. And I know that that sounds bad. I know there's positive things in both of our parents' relationships, but I think we probably talk more about the way in which our parents interact and and how we don't want to be that way um, mm. on a lot of levels. Um, gosh, you know, Christina has brought, um, such confidence, I would think like she really, she really brings confidence that she got from, you know, the way that which she was raised and sometime to a fault, you know, her father always pushed her to, you know, don't, don't, don't count on anyone else, be able to take care of yourself. Um, I'm not saying he didn't say, well, you don't, you know, don't need a man or whatever. I'm not saying he did that to her, but, but Christina definitely brought a different level of, you know, confidence um, that has carried over into our relationship. And I've, I've been able to learn from that and, you know, see how she interacts and how she does things and, and has really helped me become more of a confident person as well. Nice. Hey, I have an, I have one more question before we get into our final, would you rather? So I want to know when you're hanging out with the guys and I don't know if you talk about wives, relationships, what's going on. Is there like one thing that comes up over and over again or the guys are like, I just wish my wife would know this, realize this, do this. Is there like, do you have those conversations and is there a common thread if they come up? I mean, I'll, I'm honestly, when I'm with my friends, I'm the one guy who tries to avoid the whole people talking about their lives. Like that's so, that's really, really annoying to me. Um, and I'm not saying I never complain about my wife, but um, I, I definitely am not the guy who's talking about his wife um, around all of his buddies. Cause that um, I've seen how, how that hurt, how that can be really hurtful because if all you ever hear about someone's, wife is all the negative stuff, then when you're around them or the couples get together and sometimes that's all you see, um, I, I really tried to avoid that. Um, honestly, most of the time, it's just the, you know, basic, you know, my wife nags me and she doesn't want me to do this and she doesn't want me to do this and or I can't go here, I can't go there, that kind of stuff. Um, nothing, nothing crazy. Oh, okay. No, I love that. I love how you said that. One of the most attractive things a man said to me was, uh, what did he say? He was talking about when he got married to his wife and how stunning she looked when she walked down the aisle towards him. And he, all of the compliments that he told me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so refreshing to hear uh, a man talk good things about his wife when she's not in the room. It's like, we need more of that where, yeah, you can throw out the compliments and talk about the good things because I think, yeah, you're right. It is when you get in those situations and are around those people, then it, yeah. If somebody's complaining about their wife, Oh, I've got this to complain about. Let's throw this in. And then it's never, never a good thing. And maybe, maybe if you're complaining about, your wife, maybe talk to her about it and figure it out. Right. Right. I'm, um, there's a group that I'm in, um, and, and we're really more support for one another. 
So when we when there are discussions about things that are going on in each other's family or with each other's wives, it's usually brought up not as a negative, I want to bash my wife. It's brought up as this is a problem that I'm having in my marriage. And we talk about what can be done to help with that problem. So I would say the, the a group that I'm a part of, there's seven or eight guys that are in, it's a YPO. It's um, a forum group. And we talk about personal things. Um, and when, when you talk about things about, you know, your family, your spouse, it's never put in a manner in which I'm, I'm bashing my wife or talking negatively about her. It's usually more along the lines of what kind of problems are we having like marital type things and what can we, you know, what, what could we do to help each other? And it, it's more along the lines of, Hey, you know, in this situation, or I had a similar situation with my wife and this is what we did to try to help her overcome that. So um, the most of the instances when I'm sitting around, quote, talking about my wife, it, it's not in a, in a, you know, a, a negative bashing way. It's more of this is a, this is something that's going on with Christina and I, or this is a problem that I'm having in my family. And we're more trying to support one another on how, how can you, what can you do to make it better? Yeah. I love that. Taking another, yeah, another angle at it can definitely change the way things work out. Yeah. Just complaining about stuff doesn't help. Yeah. Ain't going to change anything. <laughs> okay. So I've got a final, would you rather round before we wrap up? Okay. Would you rather go for a date night or do date night at home? Uh, go out. I prefer getting out. Okay. Christina would probably say the opposite. <laughs> Christina would say the opposite. She would say she would probably stay 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 at home. But I like to go out. I like to get dressed up. I like to go to nice restaurants. That kind of thing. Nice. Uh, would you rather play a round of golf or go to dinner? Uh, golf. Golf. Uh, would you rather have a kiss every day or a hug every day? Only pick one. Kiss. Would you rather have an emergency fund or a travel fund? Travel fund. Would you rather exercise together or watch Yellowstone together? Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> watch Yellowstone. <laughs> Love it. My hubby and I, actually my hubby stumbled upon Yellowstone. And he had to stream it from his phone, but I'm like, no, 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 you are not going away to work and watching this without me. This is our thing. I like this show. You like this show. This is now becoming our thing. So That's yeah, it's a good show. Uh, would you rather, oh, I think I already know the answer to this, but would you rather scream at each other or give each other the silent treatment? Oh, again, I would rather, I would have to go silent treatment. Christina would be the opposite for sure. <laughs> Um, would you rather have a consistently joy-fulfilled marriage, but die in 10 years or have an up and down marriage for the next 30 years? Ooh, I would have to say 30 years just cause I'd rather live longer. Even if it's up and down, it's still not going to be that bad. We can, we can tough it out for 30. I love it. <laughs> um, would you rather have a partner be clingy or jealous? Oh, neither. <laughs> Clingy. Clingy. Well, you're, you're away a lot, so they'd have to <laughs> be doing all the things to, to get clingy. Um, would you rather forget your wife's birthday or your anniversary? 
again either. You're, in, I mean, you're in trouble either way <laughs> on that one. There's like no win in that. Um, anniversary. Uh, but here, here's your win for this though, because Christina is not all about the gifts. So right. if you forgot one, you could just be like, oh, babe, no, I have a trip planned and I wasn't ready to tell you about it. Yeah. 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 She would say, I'm sure I've forgotten stuff before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I have. Okay. So here's my last question. So you talked about how you and Christina do the five things, five things that you're grateful for. You bring it up all the time and have the conversations. So lastly, what are you, what are the five things you're most grateful for in your relationship? Oh gosh. Um, I'm thankful for our friendship. I am thankful for um, our support of one another, no matter what. I'm thankful for the unconditional love that we have for one another. I am thankful for um, fun because we like to have a lot of fun. So I'm glad that our uh, relationship is built on and, and consists of a lot of fun um, and uh, travel. I'm thankful for our, our relationship and the, and the travel in which it brings and seeing the world together and that, and that those kinds of things. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing all that you had to share about relationships. I know that as soon as every girl sees the title, relationships from a man's perspective or whatever it is that they're going to sit down, grab their coffee and listen in so much, so many great uh, pieces of advice and lessons and tidbits. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It has been wonderful. We'll have to career. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to do part two. I'm sure the questions, more questions will come, come flooding in. So when they all come in, I'll hit you up for uh, relationships number two. Sure. Happy to do it. Awesome. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of All Things Relatable. If you know someone that would relate to this episode and get value from it, please pass it along. Also, if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe.